I know my own personality, if I need to know every little tiny thing and get everything perfect, I won't do it because I used to be a perfectionist and feedback in my performance reviews was sometimes that my standards were too high. And so sometimes you just have to get things done. And when it comes to, you know, having gratitude and still striving for more, it's like the biggest thing I always pay gratitude for what I have in life, what I have been given in life before I want for more. Welcome to the Sisterhood Club podcast, where we talk all things business, Web3 and NFTs. We're on a mission to educate, elevate and empower women into the world of Web3. So join us on this journey as we learn together from leading experts. And remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So please do your own research and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood Club podcast with myself, Georgie Hubbard and normally Pam Caldwell, but she is away today looking after her baby girl, Sky. Today, I am joined with the amazing Jessica Zalems and I have followed this woman for almost a year now and I have watched her grow and uh, I'm really excited to get into this conversation today. But Jessica is the founder of The Wildly Empowered. She helps women find and use their voice unleash their genius, create impact and build an online income and empower others to do the same. I absolutely love her model of less hustle, more pleasure, something that I'm very much about as well. Jessica, incredible to have you here today. And uh, I love just to kick off with a little bit of a introduction to your background, what brought you here today. So over to you. Amazing to have you here. Mm, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I guess my my journey into the entrepreneurial world started when I was quite young in the PR world. So I, my background is public relations. I worked in agency side for quite some time. And I always thought that similar to you, I know you wanted to have a business like from a very young age, I thought that, well, the natural thing to do would be get a lot of experience in PR and then start my own PR agency. That was a very short-lived dream because I realized that I didn't actually want the lifestyle that goes along with, you know, having a traditional business and having that model of business. And I'm so grateful to the career that I had and what I was able to, um, I guess, see from the inside and working my way up the ranks in the corporate world definitely shows you what you do want and what you don't want in your own business. And so what I saw was, okay, I love the idea of being my own boss, but I want a lot more flexibility. Um, I started having kids. I've got two boys now and, and you know, we will have a third at, at some point. So I knew that that model wouldn't really fit all of my values, right? I, I knew that I wanted freedom. I knew that I wanted to have something really time flexible. And I've always been really big on helping women succeed and really use their zone of genius and get paid for it. So when I was an account director, I loved doing performance reviews. I actually loved it. I thrived off it. I loved like sitting down with someone and being like, what drives you? Like, what do you love about your job? Where do you want to be? Like, how can we help you get the next promotion? What I didn't love is that someone's promotion was always at the expense of another. So if I had two women in my team that were the same level and only one position up for the next level up, it's not like I could help them both get to that level if there's only one level above them, right? So it's almost like in some ways you're competing against your colleagues when you're supposed to be working as a team as well. 
And this isn't always the case in corporate, but I, I've seen that happen quite a lot. So I was, I've always loved empowering women, but I sort of felt like, well, I don't really feel like this model is the most empowering, but also I want freedom. Like I want flexibility. I've, you know, I've certainly got the work ethic to have my own business. I worked three jobs all through uni, all through high school. Like, you know, I, I will like work to the bone if I know that it's actually going to get me somewhere where, you know, it's, it's almost like a decreasing curve of like you work hard and then you get to work less and earn more as you go along. And that's what makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense is the whole work for 40 years to retire on 40% of your income. And, you know, after working 40 years of 40 hours a week, like I just have never subscribed to that. And I guess the, the further I went along in thinking this way and looking at different um, ways to earn a, a income online, the more I sort of opened my eyes to different opportunities. And, and that's always why I've been really attracted to your content because you've done the same of actually looking at different ways to earn. And instead of going, that's too confusing, I'm not going to even go there, actually opening your mind to different ways to earn and make an impact, which is what I love to do, especially with women. I just love everything you just said then. And there's just so much that I want to pull out from that. But the the first thing that struck me, which I have got so much respect for, is the fact that you knew your values and you knew what kind of business you wanted. I think there's too many people starting a business because they want freedom and flexibility, but they end up becoming slaves to their businesses. So it's almost like the first step before you step you start a business is thinking, why do I want this business? In, and if it's just to make money, then yeah, great. Go and work tw- you know, 12 hour a day, seven days a week. But if you're doing it for freedom and flexibility, this is when I think it becomes quite blurred lines. But I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I get asked this quite a lot as well. It's that, you know, people see the freedom of flexibility that I have got now in my life, but that took me three years to build a business to a certain point where I had employees where they took most of the workload off me. So it took me three years, well, actually, no, a decade because I had a decade in recruitment before that, right? But people just see me now, you know, taking my time in the morning and doing kind of the things that I really enjoy, but that's taking time to get there. So I love to know what, what you did and how long it took you to get to this level now, because I think it's really important to show people that yes, you can have a business and you can have the freedom, but it also is going to take a lot of work to get there. Mm. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Thank you for asking this question. <laughs> it is such an important question to ask and I'm so passionate about it. And I get up on my high horse all the time around this because I have women come to me and they want my results. They want $10,000 a month. They want to you know, my, my two-year-old is home with me full-time now. Like I work in the pockets of my time. I'm very time leveraged. I've got lots of systems and automation set up so that I can have this abundance and this lifestyle. But like you rightly said, it took a hot minute to get here. Like I didn't just yeah. get here overnight. And I always say to the women that I mentor, like it is the 10,000 hour rule. If you want to be an expert or have success in anything in your life, have you clocked up the 10,000 hours to get there? Because every single skill that you need in business can be learned. And if you have a, a, um, a growth mindset, you can absolutely learn it. Like nothing that I'm doing and like no one, let me start that again. <laughs> nothing that I'm doing is unique. Anyone listening to this could go and replicate everything that I do in business and have the same success. 
if they were willing to put in 10,000 hours. And I believe that every single woman, if you've had a career or if you haven't had a career, you've got life experience that you can bring into business. So say, for example, um, you know, a stay-at-home mum, she might be like, well, I've never worked before, so what experience could I bring to a business? If you're a stay-at-home mum, you have had to get so good at time management, negotiation, um, boundaries, all these different skills, communication, like all these different skills that we take for granted, but that are actually really important in business. So it takes work and it takes commitment. It also takes creativity to go, what experience do I already have that I can bring into this business? And another really core thing that um, has definitely helped me along the way is my vision. My vision has always been bigger than my excuses. And if you are not waking up in the morning so excited to jump out of bed and work on your business, you do not have a solid enough goal and vision because your vision should wake you up at 6am so excited to just jump out of bed and keep building. And when business gets monotonous or, you know, there's hard times and we, we've all seen that graphic that's like, this is success, right? And it's like, <laughs> like you know, a really squiggly line because there are ups and downs and you feel like you're going around in circles. When you inevitably go through that, which everyone will in business, you have to remember why you started. You have to remember that. And in my first year in this business, so I've been in high ticket affiliate marketing for four years now. And in my first year, I was still working in PR and I had a one-year-old. So it's not like I had a lot of free time. I really didn't. I built my business commuting to and from work on the bus and, you know, Um, when my son was asleep at night and nap times and, you know, all over the shop from my phone. And I kept going because I knew I wanted to replace my income and be my own boss. And every time it got hard, every time I wanted to just, you know, throw in the towel and be like, this doesn't work. My vision of being my own boss and not going back to work and having, I had a vision that my second child, I would be at home. My pregnancy would be at home. I wouldn't be going back to work. And that's all I kept thinking about. I wasn't letting the excuses or the limiting beliefs or, um, you know, the obstacles overshadow what my vision was. So yes, it will take work. And I still believe everyone is starting, but no one starts from scratch. You're starting from somewhere because you have some sort of experience that you can bring into any business. But you also have to remember that regardless of how long the journey is, it will be worth it if you have a strong enough why and a strong enough vision. I just nod my head to everything you've just said there and how empowering to hear that. Like, cause again, if you're a stay at home mum and that sort of whole, well, what have I got to offer so much? Mm. I literally look at mums and I go, you are incredible. I watch my business partner, Pam, you know, juggle a baby and a six year old. And I go, wow, hats off because it is honestly so inspiring to watch and run a business. It's like, wow, you are superwoman, but you know, she didn't always have a business. Right. And this is the thing I think that there's skills are always transferable. And I think especially women, because, and, and again, this comes from my, my recruitment background and seeing that, you know, women will only apply for jobs. So they hit hundred percent of the skill set. We think we have to be perfect. We think we have to be the experts. And at the end of the day, we don't, you just need to be maybe one step ahead of someone else. Like what can you offer somebody, right? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be the, the CEO or the, or the, you just know everything about one mm. uh, one skill or one business that you're going to go into, but you just 
need to be a step ahead of, of most people. And I think that's super, super key for people to hear. So it's like, what are you good at? What could you offer? You know, and I think as well, you're always driven by what people will ask you like, well, how did you do that? Or, oh, I'd love to pick your brain about this. Like, what are people coming and asking you often? Because that's usually an, an, a, in like a a way of people saying to you, this is what you're good at, right? So I think mm. that's really important to think about. But you touched upon there as well, mindset. And this is something that when you do go through those ups and downs of businesses, which every business goes through, like literally two weeks ago, we had one of our top performers hand their notice in our recruitment business, right? Now, <laughs> I could have literally spent the whole day with my head in my hands going, I give up, you know, like this is terrible. But instead it's like, this is all part of business. This is what happens, right? So, but, but, the one thing that's always got me through is that ability to take a step back, gain some perspective, go, right, how can I approach this? And it is, it's all in, it's all in my head. It's all what goes through in my thoughts. So I'd love to know how you've gone about building that mindset because it does take such resilience, such tenacity, such focus to get to where you are today. So what are some things that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to ensure that you are looking after yourself, but also keeping that mindset in a really good place? Mm. Great question. Firstly, two books that come to mind when you mentioned before around getting to know what your genius zone is. So we have an excellent zone and a genius zone and our genius zone is what we could do all day, every day that we absolutely love. No time would pass and we'd just be in so much joy doing it. Whereas our excellent zone is where colleagues, family, friends will say, oh, she's so good at that, you know, and it's kind of like the box that you get sort of put into. And that comes from the book, The Big Leap. So I really highly recommend The Big Leap and also Mindset by Carol Dweck. And both of those books um, are sort of, I would say, the basis for my mindset work because they were both just such big influences on me. Um, secondly, I love that you gave that example of someone in your team leaving Whenever something happens in business, and certainly, you know, I have 200 women in my team that I mentor and I've got the most incredible systems and courses and automation and ways to ensure that they are always supported. I didn't always have that. And I got to a point in my business where I was like feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, like I said, I love mentoring women. I just absolutely, it lights me up to help women to see their own potential hold up a mirror for them and be able to actually use their genius soon. The problem that I had was I'm one person and I didn't want, I didn't feel like it was very time leverage for me to have one-on-ones with all these different people. So that problem was such a good problem to have in business that you have too many people to support, right? And so often we're in these situations in business where we have to innovate and every, every great innovation or invention under the sun came from a need, a necessity. And so sometimes we're in these sticky situations in business where we have to remind ourselves that we asked for this. We wanted this success. We once dreamed of being in the position where we had such a incredibly successful HR company that we have a top, you know, a, a top person in our team doing X amount of sales, right? Like we once wanted to be in that position. Same with me with the problem that I had of like, I once wanted to lead this many women that I had to then go to the next level of, of efficiency and systems and automation in my business. So 
it's just a reframing, really. Tony Robbins talks a lot about reframing. We actually have to reframe our own thoughts sometimes instead of focusing that on other people of like, how great is it? How grateful and thankful do we get to be that we're in this position and we get to up level and grow from that experience? Yeah, that's so powerful. And I I just think that one thing that I always check in with myself is I always think to myself, am I too focused on where I want to go and not enough on how far I've come? Because I think it's always really easy to get a bit deflated when you look at how far, what what you want to achieve, right? And where you want to take a business or a project and you go, God, I feel like some days it's just all a bit overwhelming. And I certainly have moments like that, but I just take a deep breath and I'm, I'm sure you can agree with this. Like it really does help go, God, like me, like, a year ago or even three months ago, you know, or five years ago, right? You know, if we were really like going to help sort of give ourselves a bit of a confidence boost would be looking at me now going, wow, you've, you've done it. You've, you've, you've made it. Like, look at what you've done. Look at what you've got. This is incredible. But we always seem to be moving the goalposts and Uh, There was a saying that I heard once that it was always like constantly striving and never arriving. And I think that what I've struggled with in my life is coming from a place of gratitude, but also remaining hungry for where I want to go. And I think that's a really, it's almost like conflicting energy some days for me. It's like, I just want to be grateful and I want to be really appreciative of how far I've come, but I really want to achieve this thing over here as well. And I'd love to get like your thoughts on that as well. Like, do you struggle with that sometimes? Because we do, obviously we have, we've done a lot of personal development and everyone's saying, be grateful. It's the answer to happiness, which I agree. But I also think that you do need to have still that hunger and that drive in you to go and get things. So how do you balance those two energies? Also a great question because I feel like your listeners and and you and I certainly are driven women. We will Mm -hmm. always want to go to the next level and I'm an A-type personality. Like I am just, I'm a red personality. I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm always going to run out of the gates and just, I, I, my husband always laughs at me because he's like, you do and you learn and you improve. And I'm like, yeah, I don't sit back and plan things. And, you know, for the first season of my podcast, and I'm, I'm only in season two now, I wasn't using my microphone properly. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing with it. <laughs> I ended up going to a podcast studio in Sydney and being like, can you just tell me how to use this? Like I pay $200 for someone to tell me how to set up my mic because I know my own personality. If I need to know every little tiny thing and get everything perfect, I won't do it because I used to be a perfectionist. I'm like a recovering perfectionist. I've almost gone the other way. And feedback in my performance reviews was sometimes that my standards were too high mm. and that I wanted yeah. things too perfect. And so sometimes you just have to get things done. And when it comes to, you know, having gratitude and still striving for more, it's like the biggest thing. And and I didn't answer your question before about my morning rituals, but one of them is gratitudes. I always pay gratitude for what I have in life, what I have been given in life, my two beautiful boys, their health, my husband, like I'm always, always focused on that before I want for more. And it's not because I don't want for more, like I always will. And we, and that's a healthy thing, but you can do it with a really grateful and thankful mindset. And it's not coming from lack. I think it it depends on your energy. Like if you're wanting for more because it's coming from lack, that's a scarcity mindset. 
Whereas if you're come, if you're wanting more, but it's coming from a grateful mindset, that feels abundant. That feels expansive. That's just the question of how, how does this get any better? How can I make this better? How can I grow? What more can I do? I've stretched myself in this way. How about I go and stretch myself in that way? So it's a more of an exciting, thankful energy rather than a scarcity. And I think that really plays a really big difference when it comes to goal setting and also you know, being in the now and being grateful for what you've got. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so powerful because I always tell myself like, otherwise what's it all for? Right. Mm. Like when it gets to the end of my life and go, Oh, look at all the things you've achieved Georgina, but were you happy? And Tony Robbins says it as well. He says success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And that's always stuck with me because I, I do see so many people out there just constantly, like I said, striving for the next big thing and never pausing to appreciate how far they've come and what they have. And I think that's a really dangerous game to play because when is enough enough, you know, Mm. Or are you constantly going to be just always on this, you know, climbing this mountain and never really pausing to just go, wow, like life's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. And I think that's like you, that's been a big journey for me because I used to get a lot of my, um, validation from my work and tie a lot of my self-worth into my business and my career. And that was dangerous because if something goes wrong, then you're like, oh, I'm worthless or I'm not good enough. And and that's really damaging as well. So I've had to really do a lot of work to unwind all of that. And, and that's been a real process. And, and still to some days, I still, you know, if things aren't going the way I expect them to go, because it's all my own expectations, I do beat myself up sometimes. But again, I'm learning just to sort of go, no, that's external, like that should have nothing to do with your self-worth. And that's been a really big journey for me. And I'm sure, you know, you speaking to women as well a lot. I get that from the women I speak to and a lot of women can go, yep, in there, done that. Hey, I hope that you are enjoying today's podcast. I am just popping on in here to say on the 23rd of September, we are opening the doors to the Sisterhood Club and the Sisterhood School. We will be launching 1,111 sister NFTs that will grant you immediate access to the Sisterhood School. So I encourage each and every one of you who listen to this podcast to please Please put your name down on the Golden Goddess list to get early access, $50 off the mint price and a chance to win a one-on-one Golden Goddess. So pause right now to go and do that because I do not want you to miss out and I really hope that you enjoy the rest of today's podcast. So I'd love to touch upon now because we spoke briefly about it before we jumped on and, and press record, but the the whole self-belief piece and the confidence, I think that this is something I've seen hold a lot of people back. And I see you putting yourself out there, creating videos and amazing content on your Instagram, and that takes courage. So I'd love to understand your process and how you've been able just to put yourself in front of the camera, put yourself out there and just go for it. Mm. So I often talk to women who say, I want to do what you do. I want to, you know, build an income online. I want to leverage social media, but I could never do it. I could, I could never do what you do. I could never put myself out there. And I always say to them, look, 
it's a learnt skill. You will it, practice makes perfect. It's back to the ten thousand hour thing, right? Like the more you do, like every time you do a reel, you'll feel more confident. Every time you write a post, you'll feel more confident. Everything I've learned on Instagram, or like my following, my content, all of it has just been learnt in the doing. And I think a lot of women, especially I know myself from being in the perfectionist stage. <laughs> We want to know how it all works before we do, but actually the clarity comes in the doing. So the more you do it, and I want to use Reels as an example because I feel like a lot of us, when Reels came out, we were like, oh my God, how do you use this function and this feature? And it was very overwhelming. And now it's like, it's just a Reel. You can do whatever you want. You make up your own rules, but just you know, do them in a way that feels good. And the more that you do them, the more confident you get. So, and that is the same as anything, as presenting, public speaking, writing, um, podcasting, like anything, you just need to get into it and do it. And the self-belief will come because self-belief is also a learnt skill. The more you prove to yourself that you can do something, the more confident you are in it. I see this in my kids all the time. Like they'll be really nervous to, um, my five-year-old son was really nervous turning on and off the shower taps. And I just had to keep encouraging him that it's a really simple thing to do. And then he would just do the cold one or just do the hot one. And then now he's like, you know, completely confident in doing both of them because the more you do it, the more it just becomes natural to you. Same as riding a bike. So there's so many different areas in life we've built confidence but when we see a new thing, especially as an adult, we often stop and we're like a deer in the headlights and we're like, oh no, I need to plan. I need to strategize. I need, I need to have a, a um, coaching call with this coach over here or I need to go and buy that course. And it's like, same as university, I learned pretty much nothing from all the conceptual stuff. It was in the practice and in the doing that I really embodied that knowledge, right? And that is such an important thing to remember that the practical component of anything is where you're really going to embody the knowledge and remember it. And the second thing I want to say about um, self-belief and and when I get that sort of comment from women about like, I want to do that, but I just don't know that I could. I actually say to them, I'm like, if you don't own your voice and your worth and you don't feel like being seen on social media, where else is that showing up in your life? Truly. Because the, the social media thing, that's just one aspect of you not feeling seen. That's actually just one tiny component of this being a bigger issue in your life. So if you can start to own your voice, your truth, your beliefs, and feel worthy of being seen and not feeling like you need to please everyone, you're not here to please everyone. And in fact, you know, being a little bit polarizing is a great thing sometimes because the right people will follow you and the people that you're not here for and you're not here to serve and, and impact and please, they'll unfollow you. And that's not a bad thing either. So I love that question because the more you can stand up and not care if people don't agree with your, not care if people don't agree with your opinion, the more you're actually going to do that in the real world. So you're actually going to stand up to a bully or you're actually going to stand up and say, I don't agree with that. So it's, it's a really, really good muscle to start to strengthen. I just absolutely love everything you've just said there. And I completely agree that it is just in the showing up. It's just in the ability to go, I'm going to give this a go and I might mess up 
but I might not. And that's where you build confidence is putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. And that takes courage. And I'll put my hands up to say that, you know, the idea of getting on a stage in public speaking terrifies me. And I've done it once before, but I came off that and I felt amazing. And I didn't come off and criticize myself or go, oh, that was terrible. Georgina, you could have done better at that, that and that. I just was so proud of myself for just showing up and just going for it. And I think that is such a key part to confidence is just the ability just to try, just show up and give it a go. And just, you know, who cares if you mess up, right? Like just go for it. I think that's really, really key. Just dive in. But we've we've got a lot of um, women in our community that are, you know, would would love to start their own business or side hustle, but maybe don't know where to begin. And you know, even sort of like the the idea of writing a, a business plan or coming up with an idea is just so foreign to them. So I'd love just to get your your thoughts um, on if there's a woman listening to this right now that would love to do what you do, have an online business, you know, where, where would you encourage her to start her journey? Mm. I think, again, it comes down to vision. So knowing exactly what you want, what do you want in a business and what don't you want in a business? For me personally, I wanted to leverage things that already exist. It's why I've done a stint in network marketing, didn't feel it was super duplicatable or time leveraged, but I'm still grateful for all that I learned in there. And what I also learned was I love leverage, but I want a proper business. Like I want, you know, I, I wanted to be replacing my income, earning more. I wanted an uncapped income. I didn't want to be, I wanted to, to focus on the mentoring side and building a community and what I love to do in my zone of excellence. Sorry, my zone of genius, not just my zone of excellence, but I didn't want to be starting from scratch. So I wanted there to be some sort of framework for me to learn from. So I wanted a mentor. I wanted, you know, a course to follow, which is exactly what I have done and what I now show the women that I mentor. I just guide them through the course. So it's completely duplicatable. So I think one thing is knowing what you want, knowing what your vision is. For me, that was time freedom and uncapped income, being able to build it around my kids. Um, and the second thing being, is there someone that can show you the way? Like, is there someone that has the results that you want to have that can mentor you? Do you have the right, you know, support to learn the right skills? Like for me, we base all of our business around the three C's, which is content, connections, and conversations. Like how to write content and create content on social media, how to build a following, and how to have authentic conversations with people and actually build connections, not just followers. So all of that can be learned if you're learning from someone that has already done it. So I think those two things are really important. Like what do you actually truly want? Because women are very good at telling you what they don't want, but not so good at actually sitting down and getting super crystal clear on what they do want. And then what does that then look like? Like what is it that I'm now going out to look like? Because that could look like anything. You know, I've done coaching before as well. And I realized, you know, I wasn't really emphasizing the time leverage thing because coaching is also still exchanging time for money. So I found it wasn't really that different to working in the corporate world where you're being charged out to a client on an hourly rate as well. So then I was like, okay, well, coaching isn't 
really the answer either. So it's never a, a waste of time to go and try different things because you'll learn. It's like dating. Like every time you date someone, you learn what you do want and what you don't want. So it's never a waste of time. It just gets you more and more clear and you can probably get there quicker if you are really clear and you do have that list of what you actually do want from the get-go. I think that's such great advice and it's something that I probably didn't stop to ask myself when I first started uh, my business and that's just been a real journey as well. But I think that, again, it's like if you want more time, then maybe going into, like you said, a coaching business or a PR business or, dare I say, a recruitment business maybe isn't the right path, right? And the other thing as well is I think just figure out how much you want to earn. Because for mm. some reason, we put a big weight on seven figures and, you know, 10 figures. It's always these big numbers. Actually, you might just need to earn an extra three grand a month, mm. right? And you might only need to work 10, 20 hours to achieve that. So it's also getting clear on how much do I actually need to earn to support the lifestyle that I want? And this is what I think people don't do. They, they just have this big number in their head. And if they actually break it down and go, right, well, why do I actually need to earn a million dollars a year? You know, like unless I want to fly private jet back to, you know, Hawaii three times, four times a year, then I don't probably need to earn that much money. So figure out what that number is to you, because I think if you sort of know your baseline of what these are the things that I must meet, these are my standards, these are non-negotiables for me, everything else is just a bonus. But Mm. everyone will have different standards, right? So your standard might be higher than the next woman. But like I said, one woman might just be like, I just want to earn my salary, which might be 50 grand a year. And just have more time. And that's okay, right? Like, I think that when it comes to business, people think, oh, you, you don't own a successful business unless you earn, you, unless you make seven figures a year. And to that, I say, that's absolute rubbish. Define what success looks like to you, not what everyone else is doing. And I think this is the problem with social media. And I love social media. I think it's a great way to get your message out there, to find your voice and, you know, talk about everything that you're doing, which is amazing, inspire people. But also make sure you're following people that are actually making you feel good, right? I think, and I'd, and I'd also love to know your journey around this as well, because I know for me, when I first started uh, putting myself out there on social media, I was constantly comparing myself to other women and how many followers they had and what they were doing. And even though I had achieved a lot in my life, I was like, oh, I'm maybe I'm not as good as her or her. And I, I've now stopped that and worked on that. But I think it's quite toxic in the business landscape, especially on social media. So how do you encourage women to go about that? Because I think when you do start something, it poster syndrome, comparison, and it could almost like stop people in their tracks. So what have you sort of experienced around, around that? Mm. So Great question because I do see this a lot. The women don't feel like they're interesting enough to put themselves out there or share their story or, you know, talking about a personal brand because that's, that's what we do. We build a personal brand and then we leverage affiliate marketing that is in line with our values. So a personal brand, to start with, everyone already has one. So people think they need to build a personal brand. If you have a name, you've got a personal brand. You just may not be leveraging it. <laughs> You know, and so to put yourself out there, so to speak, it just means to share your story. And if anyone says or thinks they don't have a story, try and get that past me because I have got, (laughs) I have achieved national coverage for a razor once. So I can tell you this much, you have a more (laughs) compelling story than a bloody razor. (laughs) Everyone has a story. Like, you know, this is the good thing about coming from PR. I have seen 
a story being created around anything. Like you can literally make anything interesting. The thing is, most of us actually are a lot more interesting than what we think we are. And there are other people out there that want to hear your story and your story and your message gives them permission to step up and share theirs. So a lot of women, they hold themselves back because they're just thinking, oh, what will other people think? Or I'm not good enough as, not as good as that person or whatnot. But really just it's changing your thinking to be like, who could this impact? Who could this help to step up and give her permission that she's good enough as well? Because so many excuses actually when we dig deeper and we uncover and go deeper in the layers, it all comes down to one thing of not feeling good enough. So they can be masked by this person's better or I don't know how to show up or um, I'm not confident enough, but really at the core, it's not feeling good enough. So if you can work on your self-worth and your confidence, then all of these tiny little excuses just start to dissolve. That's absolutely amazing. And I just think that it's such a powerful message and it comes back to what we were speaking about initially about just how important that foundation of self-belief and self, self-worth self and self-love is. It really is. It's what everything is built on, right? And I, loved, I love asking parents this question because obviously you are raising the next generation and you know they're obviously watching everything that you do on a daily basis and they are our future. But I'm so curious, like how, how are you sort of helping your children build that? Because I think that we're so aware in our day and age now of how important like those first early years of our lives actually are and how they shape us. So for all the mums out there listening to this now that, you know, have got children and really want to install those values, that self-belief, what are some things that you do day to day to really help your your kids like have those strong foundations? Mm. So this is particularly important with my boys or if you've got boys because they learn what women like from their mums. So they'll learn like if you laugh at a joke, oh, women like when I'm funny. You know, like as they grow up, that's actually how they're learning how the other gender communicates and responds to them. So that's the first thing is like actually just recognition. You know, if they do something that you really you know, are proud of them of, or if they tell a funny joke or they ask a really good question. One of the biggest pieces of positive feedback that I give to my five-year-old is he asks great questions. Sometimes he'll just be looking out the car window and he'll go, mommy, how are, I don't know, um, airplanes made or something. Like he'll ask a, a question about something and, or not airplanes, but something that he hasn't necessarily seen, but I can tell he's been thinking about. And I'm just like, Tio, firstly, that is a really great question. Let's have a think about this. And I explain and then uh, like as much to my ability and I'm like, what do you think happens next? You know, and ask them back. And the more that they can start to answer their own questions, the more confidence they get because it's not, they're not always coming to you for the answers that actually you're, you're showing them that they can think for themselves as well. And that's a really big thing in confidence is actually trusting your own ability and trusting your own intuition and, and, and gut instinct, right? So that's a really big thing that I, I do my best to instill in my boys is how can they think for themselves? How can they feel really good about questioning things? How can they start to own and really trust themselves? And their bodies as well. Um, that's a really big thing is like trusting and loving and, and owning who they are. Um, 
The second thing is just purely presence with them. You know, the more time that you can spend with them, um, again, with my five-year-old, before we go to bed, sometimes we read a book, but sometimes we just play Lego or use magnets and build something. And he uses his his imagination and will, will build a maze or an airport or a, um, you know, all these, like a fire station, all these different things. And I just give him positive feedback on how he's going, but not over the top. <laughs> because the other thing is, you know, millennials are very, um, we're sort of labeled as super entitled because we've been told mm. we're special and we're so capable and we can do anything that we put our mind to and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I love that. However, I have also seen it the other way from, you know, managing millennials. And I do understand where this entitlement comes from, where it's like they do feel that. And that's great to have that confidence and that self-belief is brilliant. We want that. However, use that. If you are special and creative and imaginative and all these amazing things, how can you use that? So it's not just ensuring that they know how brilliant they are or smart or clever or funny or whatever, all these compliments we're going to give our kids. It's like, how can you actually use that to the best of your ability? You know, if that makes you happy, like keep using it because yeah, one thing we don't want is for them to then feel entitled and like they should just receive all of these brilliant things because of how amazing they are. It's like, no, if you've got those qualities, that's amazing. How can you use them? Like how can you gift other people with those amazing qualities or skills? I absolutely love that. And I think that's, you know, just shows me that you're going to raise two very conscious, wonderful boys and, you know, hopefully they'll grow up into the world and really make a difference. And I think that's what I would absolutely love to see this, this next generation coming through. And I guess my, my, my final questions are tying onto that is that, you know, I think, and you'll probably hear this as well, it's like there's a lot of mums out there that do struggle with mum guilt because maybe they want to have a career or they want to start a business and they feel like, yeah, but that's going to pull time away from my children and being a mum. And how, how have you gone about that? And what advice would you give for a mum listening to this that wants to build her career or build a business, but is concerned about maybe not having, not having enough time carved out for her family? Mm, I would definitely look into what you realistically need to put into the business. So this is why I've never really gone down the traditional business route because I always wanted to leverage a product that's already created that people want, need, and love, and that had some level of automation. So I didn't want to have to create funnels and backend techie stuff. It's not my zone of genius. I love leveraging it, but I don't want to create it. So really take the time to research things. Like I really took the time. First, I wrote that list, like I mentioned before, of what do I really want? And then what do I want to earn and what do I need to do to get there? So I knew I needed automation. I knew I needed like, you know, funnels and sales calls and all of that done for me, which is what I have now in my business. I also knew I wanted high ticket because I've done low ticket before, which simply means if you're in business, it's like the difference between selling couches or candles. Like a couch is high ticket. You're probably going to make a couple grand. A candle is low ticket. You might make 10, 20, maybe $50. So for me, I was like, well, a sale is a sale. Like I want to actually be able to make a really good income and I want to show women how to do that as well. And I'd seen a lot of women hustle and do a lot of work for earning not a lot of money in other things that I've been exposed to. So 
they were that that is really they're the three principles that I've used and what I still use today to make sure that I can earn a really great amount uncapped and you know time leveraged but not have to hustle because as I said before I'm a like a red type personality like you know I'm very driven I could and and when you said before about being realistic and not comparing like I had to actually sit with myself last year and go well yeah I could be way further ahead even with the success I've had, I could be way further ahead than what I am. However, I don't want that life. You know, I start, you got to remember what you actually wanted when you started. And that was to have a time leverage business so I could have more time with my family. So why would I create that to then have, have to have my kids at daycare all day when the whole reason why I started my business was to have more time with them, right? So you've got to also weigh up, um, you know, like how, again, like, how much do you really want time in your business and how much do you want time with your family? Because you often get there and then you want more money or more success in business. And it's like, well, hang on, you can have that without then having to um, sacrifice time. How can you just find a way to be more time leveraged? How can you make it? And this is where it comes, like this is truly where time leverage comes in when you can make sales without you having to be present. Yeah. So if you can have a system set up where sales can be made in the background, anywhere around the world, in the background, you know, automation can be happening. That is the ideal scenario because then that means that you truly have hit the nail on the head when it comes to time freedom and financial freedom, when it's not reliant on you. Absolutely love that. There's such powerful advice there. And I'm sure that everyone that's listened to this podcast would have got something from this. So Jessica, thank you so much today for being here. And for those of the audience that want to find out more about you, where can we send them? Yeah, mostly my Instagram is where I run my business. So it's just Jessica Zalams very creative handle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure we tag everything in the show notes. So go and check, check out Jessica. Her Instagram is extremely inspiring. And uh, if you want to get some good ideas for some content, how to build your personal brand, literally just go and uh, scroll that feed because it's very impressive and laid out beautifully, might I just say. Um, but listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And to all of our listeners, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter to get all of the updates. And if you haven't yet already, please join our Discord and sign up for the Golden Goddess list because we are minting on the 23rd of September and we would love to see you there. So take care. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please give a little share on your social. And if you have time, please leave a review. And I hope to see you next time. Take care.